When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more. You're very welcome along to episode, check notes, 45 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast brought to you as always by the White Hag Brewing Company in Ballymote. It's the usual heads with us again this evening. We have Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how are you? Good, Connor. Thanks. Uh, we've got Sean Dunn. Sean, how are you? Oh, thanks, Connor. <laughs> we've got Magoo. How are you, Magoo? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all right, Jerry Connor, I suppose. You need to actually, you know what, we need a bleep button for these pods, Connor, because I don't think normal vocabulary can uh, convey how I feel at the bullet. All right, okay, okay, well, we'll we'll delve into that in due course. Uh, probably a slightly shorter podcast this week due to the fact that uh, we're due to play Longford at the weekend, but um, as we know now, that game has been postponed due to call-ups to uh, the under-21 squad uh, for, really, it's the Montenegro game. Um on uh, October 12th, we think, at this stage now that um, is coming into play. So we're going to look back on um, the, def- the the draw, mm-hmm. although some people kind of felt like it was a defeat. Um, the draw at home to Waterford, which leaves us in, amazingly, we're still in third position, uh, 29 games played, uh, 46 points accumulated, uh, in fourth place, Derry City are behind us on the same number of games played, uh, and they are four points behind us in 42. And Pats, who I suppose we're not really worried about at this stage, still uh, are in second place. They've played 29, and they're 53. They're on 53 points in total. And I suppose in fifth place as well, we should also mention um, uh, Bohemians on 41. So uh, fifth place, Bohemians on 41. Fourth place, Derry on 42. We sit on 46 points. Uh, Bowls of a game in hand. And we now have seven games left on the back of the one-one draw against uh, against Waterford. So, look at before we get into the Waterford game. You know, we're we're still in third place, uh, and people are saying nobody wants to qualify, nobody wants to finish in that that third spot uh, with the way results are going. So, results have been. Um, Magoo, results have been kind of suiting us, uh, considering our our lack of wins, I suppose, in, in recent weeks. Yeah, it's um, it's very frustrating, isn't it? Like every time we're handed a chance, we just we, we pass it up every week. I suppose other teams we think of the same, like, but um, yeah, nobody wants to grab it at all. And like from our point of view, it's very hard to see where results are going to come from. Like even recently, I know we won, we bet passing and talk, but you know, in the game since, it, you can't just see any sort of pattern or any sort of uh, game plan or that where you, you think this results are going to consistently come from. It's just, we don't know what we're going to get week on week. And it, like, it's, it's very unpredictable to me. Like I, I, you, couldn't put, you couldn't put money on us finishing third, really, to be honest. Jerry, what do you think? Are we... Is it still all to play for, or are things slipping away? I think it's it is kind of all to play for still. Ah, yeah, of course it is. Um, look, seven games left. We're as I said last week, we're still third. Um, so it's all in our hands. It's not like, look, it's not like we are going to be relying on others, but it's not like that. You know, it's still in our hands, I suppose. And um, but, oh, <laughs> things in our hands don't always go according to plan. And, that's just the overriding feeling at the moment is that we're going to fuck it up, like. Yeah, like I, I think Sean, what you know, my any positive feelings that I have about finishing in the European spot comes from the fact that everyone's taking points off everyone, and 
it could it could we could finish in third with a bit of wiggle room. It could be tight. You you, you don't know, but like anything could happen, really. Anything can happen, I suppose. But I just worry there's nothing there from us to sh- say that we're going to go ahead and hold on to that third spot at the moment. We've taken eight points from our last 10 league games. Longford have taken five. That's that's like putting it into perspective. That's really, 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 really bad form. Yeah. It's relegation form, obviously, because if the bottom of the league, if the whipping boys of the league are only, have taken five points and we've only taken three more than them in the last 10 games, like that's, that's actually a scary reality. But I just, I don't know. I don't see how we hold on to it. I want us to, and it's only, it's only in the last two weeks I've started thinking like this. In other words, I've been ultra positive throughout the season, but it's just the last two weeks. And to be honest with you, I don't even want to get into about getting on players' backs because I'm actually gone down a different road now. I think management needs to be looked at seriously. I think, I think that's where it has to go now at this stage. I think it's um, players can't keep getting the bad rap all the time because from what I seen the other night, it was management, not players. First half performance, we've seen enough from the players. And then the second half, I know, sorry, I'm jumping way ahead from... No, no, that's all right. right. Connor, sorry, no, I'm going on a bit of a rant, but um, just from what I've seen there, it's just, it is, it's coming down to management. I'll let you go back to get onto your plan now. For, no, 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 no. From no, where no, I am no. at the moment. I'm yeah, that's right. Managed. You know, it's funny enough, it's funny, I spoke to, uh, I spoke to a couple of people uh, during the week and um, I had one conversation with somebody, I won't name them, but they said that, you know, from what they saw, we, we this is, in relation to the Waterford game, they were kind of happy with how we we moved the ball around. Um, they said that uh, we, you know, I think it getting, it's kind of getting back to your point, Sean, that the players were probably doing what they were told to do. You know, they, they played the game they were probably expected to play. Um, so th- they didn't have a lot of criticism for, for what happened on the pitch. There probably just wasn't enough, I don't know, was it, uh, creativity, or and there wasn't enough of a challenge, uh, kind of tactically put up to to Waterford, you know. And um, you know, the game was a kind of a damn squid, I suppose. In the end, sure, we, we get on to the game. Um, it was very repetitive in what we were doing. Like McGinty was passing it out to Mahan. Uh, Mahan was given to the fullback. Fullback was knocking it into midfield, and it was just the same thing over and over and over again. It was just like I think if we were still there, we'd still be doing the same thing. Yeah, and yeah. nine times out of ten, Jerry, I think even when it went into midfield, it came back to the back four again. Yeah, it was just yeah. so unimaginative. Like it was. And yeah, the worst. Go on, Sorry, go on, Connor. Well, to a degree, I was just going to say, to a degree, I I don't mind that. I don't mind the the slow play, but I suppose and even retaining possession, um, and you know, feeding the ball from midfield back to the centre half to try and see if there if something's going to open up. But I suppose there's not enough, you know, we're just not asking questions in the final third. Mm. And like, I think we, 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 we don't want to, as, um, as we said already, we're not going to get on individual players' backs. Um, but there has to be, there ha- you need to ask more questions of the opposition really to, in order for things to happen. And, yeah. and, that, and that didn't happen, I suppose, Terry. You're it? not, like, uh, look, I, I, I don't know, but you're not going to get asked questions of, of uh, any team, if you're playing Andre Wright and uh, Kenny out wide, which yeah look like to me, I, I don't know what you think. Like they're not, they're not, they're not going to be dangerous out there. Like Wright was nearly crossing the ball in; he didn't have to run into the box to hit it because there was nobody in there. That's and that's your your bang on though. They were they had moved out 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 wide at points. Yeah, that and like I heard, like really the most frustrating thing from a. Uh, Sunday and Monday when you're chatting to people and it was people eulogizing about Waterford saying, you know, oh Jesus, they were brilliant. You know, the way they set up, they set up with a, a flat back four and then they went five in midfield and they left your man Prince up top to hit in the counter. It's basic. It's as basic as you come. It's relegation, basic tactics. It's not amazing. They changed at half time though, Sean. Yeah, but, but that's but, what they changed uh, two ago. But I think I think no, Sean they figured they put the three up top it and and they started playing like knowing we the diamond in midfield. 
the only our attacking was going to like the width was going to come from the fullbacks. You see, the start of the second half, everything in behind Banks, Bank, all because he was like obviously Horgan on the left side. You're not going to get too much yeah. attacking out of him because he right back everything in behind Banks to keep him back and to push your man right up on him as well. Was the number? Is he the book who scored? Prince. Yeah, Prince. Was, Prince. Was, no, it was no, Patterson. Not, Patterson Phoenix. scored. Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix yeah, Patterson. Like he was he was good. He was giving Banks a bit of a, a rough time through the game. Like was yeah, the two, were, two were having a great battle. But I think in the first half, because they sat on the James, line, because that's uh, sitting across from where you know from where I was sitting, you could just see their line, the midfield, and it was the five of them across. And that that lad Phoenix was pushing on as well as Prince, and they were hitting it in into that channel yeah. where Banks was, no doubt about it. But we answered we answered that question by pursue by playing on with with three defensive midfielders. And as yeah. Jerry says already, our two our two strikers ending up out wide trying to find possession, trying to pick up, trying to run channels that be running yeah. because we couldn't transition the ball through the centre midfield because we we're too slow on the ball. Yeah, um, we had no we had no transition midfielder in between midfield and attack. Yeah, I, there was definitely opportunities, or there was periods in the game when we were a, a quicker ball out of midfield would have released. Whether it was Kenny or you know yeah. I don't know who it was specifically, but well, there was definitely well, opportunities for when a midfielder was on the ball with loads of space. You know I, I can see it. The whole the whole stand can see it. Can see the pass, and it's, the pass isn't happening at the speed that, that you want to see it. And, and like that's that's kind of all it is. Like you know your your diamond stands up, your diamond works, and your 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 tactics work if that ball is moved quicker. And, and that like that's asking a question of the opposition. Because they've got to think a second quicker. Well, if you look back, like when you were watching the game first and looking at, as as you were saying, when the ball is coming through midfield and you're looking and you see, you were thinking, watching it live, like you're looking, thinking, geez, Johnny's making some great runs. But if you watch it back, Johnny's movement is absolutely unreal. I like, ask anybody who listens to this now, whenever you're listening to watch it back and watch his movement for a fellow who's just gone 18. Any time the ball went into midfield to someone on the half turn, he was gone. He was making himself two yards of space down either side of fullbacks or centre halves, and he was looking for that ball slid in behind. That we must have done that six, seven times in the first half, and the movement was unreal. Like and genuinely seriously here now, like he's getting to the stage where he's becoming too good for us. Because if he was had someone behind him who was that bit quicker, that bit sharper, if you play with a better player. He'd be getting a bag of goals already this season with that movement. It's Hence why you're seeing in a way, Magoo. What? <laughs> you're kind of depressing me in a way. <laughs> Hence, oh, yeah, it was depressing me thinking about it. Like, no, but Magoo. Hence why we seen the. Hence why we seen the outside flag going up so much as well, because we couldn't find that pass because we kept taking that extra touch in midfield. The extra touch, we, yeah. And that's his. He had made the one. He was gone. He had left the defenders for dust. Yeah. But, it's gone. Once you take that extra touch, forget about it. His run is yeah. his run is then unfortunately deemed useless. And where he, where it's actually he's been brilliant, he's nearly suffering because of it. Because oh, he can't stay on side. Well, actually, no, it's uh, the midfielder's fault because they can't play the ball quick enough. Yeah, his movement is unreal. Like and that that one where he set where he brought uh, put the freeze in. See, remember the one through the first half where he put the like he, he yeah. the ball the ball was coming out of the fence. And he sprints over to the sideline, dragging the centre half with him and stands on the sideline for a couple of seconds and wait till Moran gets it and then makes another sprint 10 yards in field, gets the ball at his face and the cuteness to be aware of the space he's left just laid into it. Like the free should have obviously taken a better touch and went down and got something off. Like, But I was just thinking, as Jerry was saying, it was depressing because I was looking at it thinking, there's no way that for the good of his career, he needs to move on while he's still to get that higher level of coaching and playing around that higher level of players to to bring him to, to kick on again now. Cause like, you know, if you as Sean was saying, you keep making them runs, you keep outside, you keep outside, you're gonna start making them. If you're not getting the ball and you're not and you don't want to try to like it is depressing because I'd love him to stay here for the rest of his career when I say have trophies and stuff. But for the lad himself, like he 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 really is going to go to a higher level like and it's probably sooner rather than later. Yeah. It just it was interesting um, to notice a couple of coaches from the UK there. Uh, some that we know very, very well. Uh, names. So fr- friends of the pod. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, one other as well. So look, uh, 
I, I think I think Mark, it, like, Marcus at, Hallows is looking for a new Elvis impersonator. <laughs> I think like uh, look at I, I, there, there's nobody who doesn't want to see uh, Johnny Kenny reach his potential. I think it'd be it'd be like let's say he goes and we get the money we want. That's that's brilliant. But that that alone would be disappointing insofar as we're not getting to see him do yeah. his thing in the showgrounds. Um, you know, where it's resulting in, in goals, like, you know, and where the team is really, like, obviously the team is benefiting from what he's doing. Like, he set up the goal for, for Wright, um, the opener before half time. He put the ball back across from, like, did it come from a corner? He put the ball back across into Wright for Wright to finish yeah. from, from, you know, from a couple of yards out. But it would be disappointing to see him go. And then he goes to, he goes to England or wherever and he, he starts doing his thing, like, you know, and we, ne- we never got to, Celebrate him, I suppose. Like, I know, obviously, we're we're singing his praises, but am I making sense? And it's no, it's no dis- yeah, like it, you know, but you are Connor, because like it's no disrespect to the players that are there. Like, to, like you know, anybody who's playing League of Ireland is 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 a very good footballer. Like, but sometimes you're just not on the same wavelength. Like, and he's he's just I just looking at that the other night. It just seemed to me that he was that couple of seconds split seconds quicker in his thinking than what he had around him, and he needed someone like. You know, if you just if you tell you if you watch back, especially the first half, like there's a couple of balls that time through midfield, like where lads are and they're taking that extra touch. You know, instead of it being one touch, maybe two, yeah. it's it's three touches and then four, as Sean's saying, and then he's gone outside and everyone's given out to him and the lad can't stay outside and he's this, that, and the other. But his movement was just unreal. I like watched the back, it's Jesus Christ, for a lad who's just gone 18. He's a generational talent. So he is, he's once in a generation talent. That's that's what we're in. He's a, he's in there. You're coming across a, a group now in the League of Ireland that of spectacular talents. Really, he's one of the top ones. Him, Jamie Mullins, Dawson Devoy. Um, who else have you got in there? A couple a more. Couple more Lions and yeah, and- they're all going to go on and have serious careers in England. They're all exceptional footballers. So they are. And Johnny is probably leading the pack. At the, to be honest with you. He, he is that good. His, his in-game intelligence and everything is just coming on. Every game you see an improvement. You see some aspect of his game improves. Even as you says, Connor, for his assist for the goal. Like to have the whereabouts in that quick situation to see, you know, to head it back across the danger area, in across the six yard, instead of taking maybe the striker's instinct and having a, having a pop at goal. He sees that Andre Wright's actually, no, he's in the better position. I'll head it back across the danger area and we actually do get the goal from it. A normal young lad of an eighteen-year-old says, "No, I'm having a wee go at that. Nothing will come of it." But yeah, yeah. but I, I, well, I, I, the start of the season, he probably would have, he probably would have had a go at it. Yeah, but as you just, say, just, Sean, he's, he's coming on so much every week. He's just like, just before you come in, just before you come in, Jerry. The, I, one thing I would say about his creation of the goal opportunity was, like, the ball comes in. It wasn't a corner actually. It was, um, it was play oh, out yeah. from the left hand side. Yeah, uh, he he's backpedaling seriously, right? And he he's backpedaling at at speed, and he still manages to get into the air, get serious height to play the ball back across the the face of goal. Like it was it was a it was an outstanding effort really on his behalf. Go on, Jerry. And just if if we if we rewind to uh, the Dundalk game the the previous week, where um, Morahan played him in for the goal, um, I think Morahan maybe took one touch and then passed it. So I wonder, um, I'm just putting it as uh is is this, are we taking two, three, four touches because we're afraid to lose the ball and it's, that's the way we're being coached, that's the way we're, we're told to play. Um, and is that maybe more the problem? Because obviously, like some more, maybe does have the capability of one touch and knocking it like quarter. Magoo and, and I think that's a brilliant point to be honest with you because I think we are far too conservative in our play I think we don't take enough risks and I think if you actually look at earlier on in the season when we were at our best we were taking risks even if you go to say the Bows away game and you think about our transition to play from back to front we were, we were in on goal I think on two occasions in, within three or four passes yeah where Whereas you're looking at us now, within three or four passes, we still haven't left our own half. So yeah. I, think that, I think that's actually a brilliant point by Jerry, is that our, our style of play has reverted back into a more conservative, 
um, less risk taking, and it's it's actually hurting us. It's hurting us badly because the players we have are more dynamic, and are actually better at when we're actually taking risks and taking not chances because they're calculated chances. So they are. You're playing them balls in when you have the players there, the ability, and especially then, like we've an we've an X factor at the moment in terms of we've an Andre Wright that you can spray a ball into him at any point and it sticks to him. He's like super glue. The ball sticks to him. He will take anything into him and he can lay it off again. So we should be getting it up as quick as possible, but we're not. No, I think I think Jerry's hit the nail on the head there. To be honest. Um, yeah, and go on, Miguel. Sorry, it's just just. Uh, on Jerry's point and to further it like you know at the start of the season we were um, teams would have been afraid of us like so they were, they were giving us far more respect up front yeah. because of our because of our attack and play and they were you know now we can see you know at the start of the season we thought that our strongest part of the team would have been our attacking area but and it turned out actually to be our defensive yeah. area but we've we've now conceded in all but two of I don't know how many games we've played since before the European games, but we've conceded in every, in every game since except two. Like, so the defence is now leaking goals probably because of that. We're, we're sitting too deep and we're too conservative and we're not attacking enough. And we're, it's just coming back and back and back. Like, there's only so much you can do, I suppose, in defence, like when the wave is coming at you and it just keeps coming back. And it's, and that's, again, that that's conservatism is, is hurting us on both ends of the pitch. Yeah, but the, la- the last time we had a clean sheet was against uh, da- Drahada in... Was it Drahada? Is that Nilol? No, no Pats. Pats, Pats, Pats sorry. Yeah. It was Pats, but then Pats and, Pats and Drahada was only two clean sheets, I think, since before the European game. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, that's, that's fucking end of June, is it? Or start of July or something. Yeah, I suppose just while we're on, I know we speak about him every week as well, but um, uh, it'd be remiss if it's not so again. Uh, the keeper pulls off a fantastic save in the opening 10 minutes or so, a deflected shot, and uh, he's at full stretch to, to push it to push it wide. And there was also another uh, Waterford rain in the maybe halfway through or maybe with 20 minutes to go in the second half. Uh, they play a 1-2 down the right-hand side and uh, a ball is about to go into the feet of Prince and McGinty comes off his line at speed. And he gets down to smothers like two, two really top class pieces of goalkeeping. And, Prince probably um, looked favourite for that ball too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And when you watch it back again, uh, I watched it back again to see just to see how how his, his pace, his positioning, and his pace to get uh, McGinty's pace to get there to, to to clean it up was exceptional. Like you know, and not give away a penalty, and not give away a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but that's the thing though about the weekend, which is like it's uh, it's very hard. To, like if you look if you look at the team and the performance, and you take yourself, did we do enough as a team with our energy and drive and commitment and passion and everything for a team that's turned the league with two very winnable games to secure your spot for Europe? No, but then if you look at individually around the team on Saturday night, like McGinty, Banks, Buckley, McCourt, Horgan, all had very good games. I yeah. thought. Bulger will go first half, McDonald will go first half, you know, Andre, and then Johnny. Like, so you're talking seven or eight of the team played well. Yeah. But then as a whole, as a whole unit, we're not like, and it's just very hard to pinpoint. Like, there's something off at the but minute. You're, it's very hard you're, to put your finger on it, but we just don't. It's tactically, Miguel. But your Liam Buckley team is not going to play. Yeah. Your, your Liam Buckley team is not going to play uh, in a kind of hot headed. Um, you know, that kind of aggressive style. It is controlled, it's measured. Well, we did say. at the start of the season, though, Connor. But even, but even if we, you go back to the really. game, but if you go back to the game, we were very aggressive with our pressing and stuff. That's true, yeah. yeah. But go back to the game, even at the weekend, and go back to the first half. We were in total control of that game. We played some lovely football. We, we created a number of chances. We could have been out of sight. Yeah, but, but Sean, exactly. But, then, but, but we but, don't respond to their tactical change. We stay the way we are and it doesn't suit us. They they crowd us out in midfield in the second half. We can't go anywhere. We're trying to transition through the centre. We have no we have no wit whatsoever. Whereas we needed wit. In that second half, we needed wit. We needed to stretch Waterford. Mm-hmm. But they, but, but, they were loving but, that. that go on, sorry. But, but isn't Mark Bertram saying to his lads when before the game kicks off, he's saying, we're going to keep it nice and tight. 
We're going to play our our our, our flat back four. Midfielder is going to sit in, and like in fairness to your man uh, Phoenix uh, Patterson, who who is a good player. He's he's a very good player. He's probably going to tell Phoenix, we don't need to get on the ball for the first half a huge amount. We're going to hold. We're going to keep it tight. We're going to see where we are. We're going to the second half of the game, and then we're going to then we're going to try and play a bit of football and release the likes of Prince and and Patterson to try and sneak it, which is what they tried to do, and they nearly did in the end. Only for uh, McCourt pulled it off the line in the final few minutes of the game. Yeah. No. How did that that go though? Like Phoenix and Phoenix and uh, who's the other book? Prince. That that Prince. I don't. I don't rate him at all. Sure, where do, where do these fellas come from? <laughs> no, but seriously, they're, they're just running around like lunatics up front. There's no magic tactics to it. Ah, but look at, would you not take your man, would you not take your man, uh, Phoenix Patterson? I don't know, to be honest. Like, they, they were good, like, but... Look, at their, their goal, what does, what, where does their goal come from? Their goal comes from a, a kick-out, right? I mean, not even a kick-out. Um, Barry Murphy, or, Bar, or Mur, what's the keeper's name? Um, Brian Murphy. Brian Murphy. There's a ball bouncing in front of him, and he 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 can't pick it up. I think so. He puts his foot through it. Uh, your man Patterson takes it down. He plays a one-two with Prince. Uh, barber back four. Down in the Street car park. Huh? He's a barber down in the Wine Street car park. <laughs> he 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 gets uh, the back four out of position, and he's in on goal. Like so, again, I agree with you, Jerry. They're, like the, the goal that they scored was a much as much as a kind of defensive error on our behalf as it was. It was play with him. Yeah, it was an absolutely terrible goal from start to finish. It was a terrible goal on our behalf. Maybe, on our behalf, it was a great finish by by your man. Um, to, to be honest with you, Connor, it's not even a great finish. McGinty should save it. Yeah, it right. Terrible by McGinty. Yeah, Ta- and and Robbie McCourt. Robbie McCourt is too cautious. So yes, Robbie McCourt can go to ground there. So he can. He can go to ground. He's but he's goal side, ball side on it. So he is. It's perfect. It's perfect for a tackle, and he doesn't go to ground. He's afraid that he might give away a penalty. He won't give away a penalty, but he's afraid he might. He's he's playing to that standard of a defender that if you go to ground, it shows you're out of position. He's trying to hold him off, and he doesn't get enough on it. So he does He's not. He's not strong enough in it. And your man. And was it Prince just slots at home or Phoenix? Whoever it was, I forget. He even finished. Phoenix Patterson. Yeah. But all in all, it's a shite goal. Go on, Sean. No, no, no. Go, I'm finished, Jerry. Go on. Yeah. I suppose, Connor, what I'm trying to say is in my own kind of peculiar way is that, like, they did, like, they did, they, they weren't, like, anything special. They weren't any great. And look, I don't think there's anything wrong with the way they played, like, with Prince and, and Dutterbuck running around, like, leaning through the front. There's nothing wrong with that. Pressing from the front, playing, you know, playing balls down into the right areas and things like that and making our defenders turn. And that's where it came from. That's basic football. But there's not. But we don't do that. And there's nothing wrong with deviating from uh, this methodical, like like what I said at the start of the program. Like you're like A to B to C to D. It was just like the same thing over and over again in the second half. They changed their tactics, and it worked for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Going a little bit longer, hurting teams in the areas that they don't want to be hurted in. You ask any centre defender, the worst thing, they don't want to be turned. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that, though. Like, you, you can get anything. So no disrespect yeah. to the barber and the, the prince or whatever. Or other but, you know, like, I, if I was fit, I could do that. <laughs> That's true, though. It is. Yeah. There's Look nothing at- special about it. It's very, oh. very, very basic. I know. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. There's nothing special about it, there's nothing special about any team in the league at the minute, to be honest with you. It's no. a poor league, like, and, and it's a horrific league. If the players that we have there now at the minute can't get into one of the top three spots, like, it's uh, like there would need to be serious questions asked, to be honest with you, especially from the position we're in, because there's nothing in this league, even Shams, who at this point now it looks like is going to run away with it. Yeah. That this, that Shams team, this, this Shams team from this year will get nowhere near winning the league in the eight. Previous eight to ten years, nowhere near it. Yeah. Like I, 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 I think like I actually against themselves. Do you know what I mean? The Shams no. team last year was much better than the team this year. Oh yeah, there's no oh, doubt about that. Way better. 
Yeah. There's no doubt about that, yeah. Well, I, I actually expected Derry to beat Shams um, at the weekend. I was surprised that, that they didn't in the end. Uh, thankfully, they didn't. Um, yeah. But like Derry now, I suppose, despite their loss against Shams, they're, they're, they're a real concern because of the momentum that they're beginning to build. I know they've, I know they've, they've lost their last game. But like they, they, they're, they're, they're a real concern now for, for us. And I, I know we don't want to talk about Derry too much. We did, you know, 40 minutes on them last week, but... Um, like, would you agree that that's that's where the threat is? That's the threat is the reality that they're going to get third. Yeah, and they got the lift from like if I was playing for Derry now at the moment, and look, and I know the chairman's got a bag of money. Well, that's going to lift my game automatically, not for the love of Derry, but I want to be part of it. I want a two-year contract, whatever. So that's just naturally going to lift your game. The love that's of your wallet. Contract. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's true though. Yeah, they have everything. They have to have like they were on a good run before that as well, Jerry. So that's just added to the the bounce for them and the feel good factor. It's yeah, you can see it. Constant in the, rolling. Yeah, you can. It's a constant rolling. Like like as, as, as Sean was saying earlier that you know about the teams around us, like Derry, Derry, and, and probably the teams down the bottom, Dundalk, Waterford, maybe Finnair, are probably the form teams of the league at the minute. So I mean, everyone else is is just like what the show, what do you say, Sean? Five, eight points out of the last how many? And we're we, we have like, eight, eight points out of the last. The rest, of, the rest of the teams around us should be ashamed of themselves that they haven't passed us yet. They should. No, I I, I agree with you, Magoo. It's uh, I think we've shown how bad the quality is in the league. That no one wants yeah. to step up and grab this third place. Like bear in mind, you're talking about a dirty side that started, I think, with five straight defeats at the start of the season. You know, they didn't, they're starting from a, a serious minus. And look where, look how far yeah. they've come. So, um, well, it's the polar, the polar opposite to how we started, like. So it'll be interesting to see which is which is better, have a good start or a good finish. Yeah. Uh, on, the end of the season. on Twitter, Robert Connolly said, uh, it was great to be back in the showgrounds despite another disappointing performance. He says he cannot understand how a manager stood and watched the poor performance of McDonald, Morhan and DeVries for 80 minutes and then take off Johnny Kenny, who looked like our only hope for a goal. What would your thoughts be on that, uh, Jerry? Um, yeah, a lot of people um, were questioning Johnny coming off. Um, don't really understand it myself. You're pushing for a goal and he's, you're, Stefan Andre, your two biggest goal threats. So unless he maybe had a maybe a bit of a strain or whatever. Um, I just noticed that he went straight down the tunnel. I don't know if that tells you anything. I seen him outside the dressing room after the game. Yeah. Just, he was just standing waiting for the door to be open and there was no ice pack on him, no nothing. But he looked like a pissed off lad, I'll tell you that for nothing. And I completely, completely sympathised with him because Jesus Christ, there was no reason for him to come off the pitch. And I have to say, and this is what I was saying earlier on about Question and management. How can you finish a game that we needed to win so badly? And there's no two ways about it. A point wasn't good enough. So it wasn't. It's something, but it wasn't good enough. And how can you finish that game with having made one sub and the wrong sub with that? You have five possible substitutes to make. You make one, and it's not even the right one. And even at that, you only give the lad that's coming on 10 minutes to try and change the game. It was absolutely pathetic. So it was, like, it was like he forgot yeah. he had substitutions. So with yeah, Kane, Figueroa, fifteen minutes beforehand. And sorry, actually, sorry. Just I'm actually going to have to correct myself. Mark Byrne got a minute and a half because Nile Moran got injured. Yeah. What was that, McGill? Sorry. I was saying Walter should have been on fifteen minutes before he got on, but not for Johnny, obviously. But he should have been on. We need it with, as was said earlier, like we needed somebody getting in behind. So, um, so with twenty minutes to go, what would you have done? What would I have done? Yeah. With 20 or 25 to go, I would have taken off Ryan and put water on. Oh, wait. And stuck him out right. Yeah. Stuck him out right. And like, I don't know. And that like, second half was screaming out for us to go to that 4 2 3 1. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It, it just made no sense. Like, there was nobody. I think there was 2,100 people in the ground. And I think only one of them seen that substitution. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, look at maybe he was injured. We don't know. Um, well, he could be injured down there. It's not, you know what I mean? We're not, yeah. But 
that's fair enough if that's the case. But still, there was plenty of other substitutions that needed to be made as well. It wasn't just one substitution that was needed. We needed a few. So uh, there was options there. They weren't used, and we suffered for it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the game, like in the game. Sorry, Connor. Go on, go on, go on, Shane. No, I just it's like I was just going to say that you know after Derry lost on Friday night, if if somebody had to offer Rovers now, right, you can you can pick your next two games. That's one has to be at home and one has to be away for you to get six points to cement this third place. You would have picked Waterford at home and Longford away. Yeah, and you know what I mean. Like we should be making fucking hay there at these next two games. You should be doing all you can to get the three points and get down to Longford and get the three points and put six points onto Derry. And if we to get if we to get six points in the next two games after Derry losing, they would find it very hard to catch us. Very hard to catch us. And you know, it was the cushion we needed. It was negative. So with the, the Longford game being postponed now, is that a good thing or, or a bad thing for us? Bad. Yeah. They're coming off the back of a heavy defeat to Bowles. Uh, so I suppose we would want to capitalise on that, Jerry. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, definitely. And, and the Longford game actually will be at home. So even a better opportunity to win. Oh, sorry, at home. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I think it's a better opportunity. It is, yeah, it is at home. It is. Um, yeah, so it's really disappointing. Um, just because games in hand aren't worth the damn, to be honest with you. I'd rather points on the board or the opportunity to get points on the board rather than games building up. And, you know, I don't know, Saturday night in showgrounds, you'd, you'd always prefer to be playing under lights on Saturday night rather than on a Monday fucking after, I don't know, you know, it's yeah. just... Yeah, it's just, just just not very inspiring, like you know, it's just um but you know that um that tweet that you put out, Connor, just about the shouts. There was some good there was some, some good tweets about, uh in response to that. And one of the tweets just that I noticed was that um I can't remember who it was because I don't have the phone in front of me, but he said that um before the crowd had left, there was like two or three players were leaving the same time as the crowd. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find yeah. that it was um, it was like that to me like how can players be leaving the ground before fans like is there not like a, a debriefing is there not like everybody leaves together is there not like yeah warm down is there not like this is what we're right this is what right we need to talk about sit down and talk about the game maybe tomorrow we're going to have a meet I don't know just like how are players leaving before for the crowd, like I know these one or two players weren't playing, but they were on the bench, like so. I don't know. That's been happening the last couple of weeks, Jerry. Because even I forget, was it the the Dundalk game at home there a couple of weeks ago? That's when I I was driving out of the Nazareth house and Melvin was strolling down Chargill. <laughs> you know, it's you know, yeah. like years ago, you'd see the players coming out maybe an hour and a half, two hours after the game. That's when you'd see them all leaving. I think I think it was David Cummins on, on Twitter from uh, Manor Hamilton who who um, who said it. Uh, yeah. it was, David was involved in Manor Rangers, yeah. um, but it's not a good look. It doesn't matter how you break it down; it is not a good look. Yeah, like I'm going out of the showgrounds pissed off. Like, yeah, yeah, so ready to kick a wall or something, or you know. But is the tower game being called off? Is is Derry's game called off? I think they're all off except one game. Yeah, Darius is off as well. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. It's, not, it's not too bad. So, but don't, yeah. it still leaves us with us coming back. Our next game being Shams away. Yeah. So. That'll be the fear you see that you're coming into a really hard game in Tala. And if you go and lose that again, you're on another yeah. really, yeah. really bad run of form. The time you get to the Longford game, might be too late. Yeah. 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 You're, you're into four or possibly five games there um, without, without a win, like, you know. Yeah. Well, our biggest worry is if we drop out a third, we've had it now for so long that if we drop out a third, how will that, you know, psychologically affect the players? Yeah, but and everyone else, it'll be such a downer around everywhere. I would imagine we've yeah. had onto it for so long, and you know, if the Derry game went, to, if the Derry game was to go ahead, though, um, although if they, if they, if they, if that game was to go ahead, and they still wouldn't, they still wouldn't jump us, though. They wouldn't. Uh, I'm trying to think that if, we, if they wouldn't if, the week after when we get Bet and Teller. 
<laughs> well, there you go. There you go. But would that might That's might that that might give us a bit of a G up? Then at least we have a target to try and try and reach. But I don't know. Nothing, nothing has given us a G up. Yeah, nothing. That's you know at the end of the day, two two wins, and I just can't understand how we go out against Pats, put in that performance, and then that's we never see that again. You know, it's, it's mind blowing to me. There was the different energy in the past game, though. They were full of energy and running in the past game, whereas like now towards the end of the game, obviously you could see them getting tired, but just so put so much into it. But Jesus, the other night now they didn't like. Yeah, there was no man being crawling off the pitch the other night that he, you know, he didn't leave everything out there not to ask many of them. Yeah, I look at we were there's no doubt about it. We were like a different team against Pats. You know, a completely different mentality going into the game. Um, the the. You know, as we said at the start of the podcast, you know, I, I said a Liam Buckley team doesn't necessarily play with uh, that kind of sense of, um, you know, leave it all on the pitch. But there was a bit of that against Pats. Like, you know, there was, they definitely had a different kind of approach to the game, um, which we haven't seen in a number of weeks now. Um, just before I forget, uh, we are brought to you as always by uh, the White Hag. and We run our uh, beer scorecast competition before each Sligo Rovers game, and we give you the chance to win a case of uh, White Hag. And you can enter, obviously you won't be entering this week because there's no game until uh, Saturday week, but um, you can win your, your your case of beer by using the beer scorecast and predicting they scored a game. And this week, um, the winner of the case of beer on the back of the draw against Waterford is Shane White. And Shane, we will hook you up with uh, the good people at the White Hag and they will, uh, they'll have their case of beer going your direction pretty soon. Uh, thanks to everybody who enters the competition every week. We um, we always get a great response, and uh, it's much appreciated. So, uh, where do we go from here? Just one thing. I just think I think it's important just to say it as well because I thought he was unbelievable. Was Gary Buckley the other night? Yeah, some of the stuff he was doing from centre half was just it was outrageous. It was actually outrageous. There was at one point there. He sent that lad Prince back down to the barbers, Jerry. Actually, he's <laughs> close. <laughs> but um, hey, even he was laughing. He turned him that badly. He was actually, yeah, he actually came back up running and he was laughing at Gary Buckley, like at what he had actually just done. He made a show of him and he, he couldn't even hide it. He was just, he was just pissing himself laughing at the thing. Gary yeah. Buckley was absolutely ridiculous the other night. Yeah, there was a couple of people saying on Twitter as well that you know how he didn't win man of the match was beyond them, but um, he was he was he was very good, all right, yeah, very good. Who got man of the match? Johnny Kenny. Kenny got it. I'm sure he's fucking useless. How <laughs> <laughs> does he get it? <laughs> but you yeah. know, going back to the point that uh, Sean or McGill was making there, like you couldn't, you wouldn't say any player played bad. No. It's just it wasn't to the level of maybe Sim Hats uh, game previously, but. Like, maybe that's the way they've been told to play. It just looked like, me to me, from standing behind uh, on the railway end, I could just see the same thing happening over, over and over again. I can still see it in my mind. There was no variation. Like, there was no urgency. There was no, let's get at these. Let's, this is, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's like Groundhog Day. You know, and even as we're just mentioning, just thinking back there, and as Jerry's saying it there, that the same thing was happening over and over again. It was actually Gary Buckley. You could see there was... Four or five times in the second half where he was going to try that diagonal ball that he, he likes to hit. Yeah. But even that was that wasn't on. It was never on and it was slowing it up. And then he had to try to play it back across, maybe to Robbie McCorp beside him. And then it came back again and played into Bulger or McDonald or Morahan, whichever it was. And it was that constant rinse and repeat. Yeah. And that ball that he likes to play, Sean, I think that seems to be most effective when we do play the 4 2 3 1. Yeah. Because it's that width that we're hitting, we're yeah. able to hit it out into the in into those channels in behind the fullback, yeah. and we do get a bit of joy out of it. But like you know, at times again against Waterford, the likes of Andrew Wright, he's coming too deep again. Um, not again, like, but he's coming trying to get involved in the game. And then when we do get, if we do get the ball out into a wide position, and it's there's an opportunity to get the ball into the box, we don't have the players in there, like you know, because yeah, we're just we're, but like it's this is the problem. I, I don't mind. I don't mind Andre coming deep and getting the ball, to be honest with you. But if he's, if he's linking up and there's players, yeah, exactly. And there's players coming playing off him and stuff like that. But it's, you say, like, he comes and holds it up, but then he lay it off. 
but then it'll be laid off against someone else, or it won't be in, it won't be yeah. a big, quick progressive passing off the pitch, or but people I, getting out wide and in behind. Yeah, but you want that responsibility of the midfield to be able to. You don't want your your number nine coming in onto the you know into the center circle looking for balls. That that should be the responsibility of the midfield, and there should be enough structure in place where you know that we're not reliant on that like you know but then like does it go back to Magoo you've spoken about it quite well over recent weeks about the diamond and we just don't have the bodies in midfield is that is that a problem I suppose it depends on what formation you're up against too like you know and then the energy levels of who was playing there like I think like Cauley's energy was is definitely missed in there when he's not playing yeah and his and his intelligence and and you know, game awareness and stuff like that, where to fill in and where to play. Like he's 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 very good at it. Um, so it's it's very it's a very hard it's a, it's a very demanding system to play for the players. Like especially especially you know it was Nigel tonight, but David and before that and Adam on the left of it, they have mm. to cover an awful awful amount of ground. Like. Yeah, so, I think David David Colley's is a real loss as well over the last number of games because, you know, even coming off the bench, he offers something different and the experience that he brings as well. You know, when you look at the bench with 20 minutes to go against Waterford, you know, we're, we're so limited. Like, you know, it's like, well, what, what, you know, when do we get Walter on wide? That's kind of the, that's our only significant kind of change, really, isn't it? You have Mark Burton burned there as well that should be used. But sure he's not going to look in really, you know. Yeah, but that's down to management though. Like, you know, he there wasn't a week that went by that he didn't start for that's a true. long time. Yeah, you know. So there's what, what's changed. You know, he's a young lad. Fair enough. He might have went out of form for a little while, but he was never horrific by any means. So he wasn't. It was because other players weren't working in the system as well. But in regards as well to the diamond, you know, you need your you need width from your fullbacks as well. And we were only getting width from one mm-hmm. the other day from Banks naturally getting up on the right hand side. Like Colin Horgan can't be expected to give you that much width on the left. He's a right footer. Everything has to come inside. It's coming into a congested area. You can't go straight down on his left peg. So, you know, that's that was an issue as well there. But um, you know, you're missing Robbie McCourt, but I have to say Robbie McCourt was excellent in that centre half as well. Yeah, like, yeah, but I mean, he, he saved he saved the day as well at the in the final few minutes. He took the ball yeah. off the line, like you know. See, um, no like, we brought... even... go on, again. no, go on, sorry, go on. You know, you know, when we brought in Andre Rice, and one of the things that we we kind of we liked about him coming in was that he would allow us to play different systems. Uh, and apart the first game, I think we played the diamond since he's come in after that game, part of one or two games. And like, would you not go like, and I suppose like Andre kind of allows us to even change the, the, the setup throughout the game. But since the first game, we've just seen to play the same system, not change it in game or from game to game. And he's getting stuck out on the right or the left wing. I can't remember which one it is. Like we need, like, Oh, I don't know. I think what could be used as well, and I think it's just like the diamond does what when it works, it's brilliant. There's no two yeah. ways about that. It's an well, excellent it's it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like that in game, I think it could give teams serious issues. If you even pl- went to the four, two, three, one and dropped Andre in as the 10, because he likes to come deep and receive the ball, and the fact that he's so good at taking the ball into him mm-hmm. and laying off, if you have wit either side of him and Johnny in behind him you could cause serious yeah. problems. Serious, serious problems. He's that good of a player to link in. And then again, if he can get it out wide, he still has that natural reaction to turn and get into the box as well. You're then overloading the box. You know, you're, you're, you're pushing things back all the time. You're creating problems there. So yeah, and it is, it's something we could have looked at even at the weekend. We didn't. We persisted with something that wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And I just think, it, it's just, look, I know fucking expert here at all what do I know from playing football manager you know <laughs> fuck's sake but yeah. but honestly it just you just look at things and you just think why why can't you just try something different yeah you know an experienced manager just why not try it no one can, no one can give out to Liam Buckley for trying something 
he's earned enough respect tr- throughout his career to think, right, I know better than you, but to consi- persist with something over and over again, mm. it just, what it brought me back to was Dave Robertson and Jared Little. Those days. And that's that's been truthful with you. And I hate saying that because I think Buckley's done an unbelievable job since he came in. But that just, the other night just brought me back to those days where it's kind of like, oh, well, I don't know what to do after this. Yeah. But you know, but do you know what I've noticed throughout the season uh, that's happened in a few games, and I, I know some games off the top of my head, is where the opposition manager has changed the formation at halftime against us. Mm-hmm. And they've capitalised from it. Yeah. So that kind of tells you something too. Like, you know, teams... If, if a team is going in at halftime and the manager says, right, we need this, 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 and this, change the formation, put an extra man in the field, whatever the case may be, we don't seem to be reacting. We, we don't seem to be ever the team that reacts to it. Mm-hmm. Draw had a way, a perfect example of that. Yeah, the other night. The other night, another we'll one. As well. Okay, listen, look, at Magoo needs to get out of here. Uh, on that note, will we wrap things up? Yeah. Any, anything else to say before we finish up? Like the next time we speak to you, we'll be ahead uh, of the games against Shams. And after that, we know what happens to this Longford game. Or before that, we know what's going to happen to this Longford game and when that's going to be played. So uh, we will talk to you then. Uh, Sean, yeah? Just to give a shout out to KQ O'Grady getting married on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. A constant listener to the pod and big support. So a huge congratulations to himself and Neve getting married on Saturday and hope they have an amazing day. Uh, on that note, uh, we send our regards to, to Neil McLean, who's getting married um, up in Dublin on Thursday, uh, and um, uh, serious uh, sp- supporters of Sligo Rovers, the McLeans from uh, Maharau. So I'll be up there on Thursday, looking forward to that. And uh, any other weddings, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, anything else to get? No? Mm-hmm. Uh, right, okay. Uh, best of luck to Kiki and good luck to, to Neil as well. Uh, McGrew, thank you. Cheers, boys. Sean, thank you very much. Very much, lads. Jerry O'Connor, thank you. Thank you, lads. That's a wrap. 